Hey, y'all. Welcome to Beyond Consulting, the podcast dedicated to helping listeners navigate a career after consulting. I'm Stephen Haug, host of Beyond Consulting and director at ECA Partners. Each week on the podcast, we host folks who have spent some time in consulting, but have since made a career pivot or change. Before we get started, I want to thank ECA Partners for sponsoring Beyond Consulting. ECA is an executive search and on-demand consultant firm specializing in former consultants and private equity. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Manali Mahajan, Director of Strategy and Operations at Dispatch. She's also a former strategy and consultant. Manali, welcome to Beyond Consulting. Thanks, Stephen. Happy to be here. Great. Well, I do want to dive into your role at Dispatch and, and, and the various roles you've held there because you've moved up in your career quite quickly. But before we get to your current role, of course, want to rewind and hear about your consulting days. Maybe we can start and just hear about your motivation for joining consulting. And then if there's any particular reason why you joined Strategy and as opposed to the other management consulting firms, I'd be excited to hear that as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll take you, I guess, a little farther back than my consulting days, just to give you a little bit of context. So I'm originally from New Jersey, from a town right next to Princeton called South Brunswick, went to a public high school, did a lot of math and science courses. That was always kind of my thing. And I knew when I got went to college that I'd want to continue pursuing that. And so I was lucky enough to get into Cornell's engineering school. I studied operations research and information engineering there. And it's basically kind of a combination of statistics with some business applications, a little bit of coding because I learned pretty early on that software engineering was not my forte. I can be slightly dangerous, but not very much. So I realized coding wasn't where my future landed. So at Cornell, actually, my first exposure to consulting came during my freshman year. I was just applying to internships left and right, just trying to figure out if someone wanted to hire a freshman, which was a very, very low probability. But I ended up applying to Accenture, had a technology future leaders program, something like that. I think they've rebranded it since, but it's basically targeted at giving people who were early in their college careers a mentor and kind of helping them kind of go through the entire college process, hopefully ideally bringing them to a good career in consulting. So I was accepted to that, got a mentor and kind of on a whim, I just kept, maybe not a whim, but I kept messaging the recruiter asking her, you know, is there any internship opportunities? And she said, you know, what business need, we'll let you know if there's any possibility, but somehow I ended up working out. So I ended up interning in tech consulting at Accenture after my freshman year without really knowing what consulting was. But it worked out really well for me because I kind of found from that, that consulting was, you know, really interesting, a great career to pursue post-college and did a couple of other internships in college. And during my junior year, I interned with PwC, also in their tech consulting group. So very similar. But I knew I wanted to go into strategy consulting because, you know, I felt like it was a more interesting kind of career path and it opens you up to working on higher level problems with C-suites. And I felt like it would be a better opportunity for me post-college. And so sort of tried to claw my way into strategy and did a lot of cold emailing just trying during my internship just trying to offer my free services to people of different directors and luckily a couple of them but they did respond to me and i did a little bit of work for them but i think they just appreciated the effort that i put in so went through a whole long process and ended up getting a full-time offer with strategy and which is pwc strategy consulting arm and so 
I uh, went through that whole process and then worked in consulting for a couple of years. I mainly worked in their financial services group and I was aligned to the tech strategy group, but really I had kind of projects across the board ranging from operating model design to post-merger integration. I also did a really interesting D, well, this was before we called it DE&I at the time it was just DNI, but really interesting DNI strategy project for a commercial real estate firm. So got a lot of good experience working across different kinds of projects, different functions. Um, but I think ultimately after a couple of years, I knew I, if I stayed longer in consulting, I could definitely learn plenty more. Like there was never, especially at the point that I was in my career, it's not like my learning was plateauing or anything, but I felt more and more of an inkling that I wanted to move into tech, wanted to hopefully, you know, work at a startup with a very different environment, but still continue this really fast paced learning path that I was on. And I was just, you know, looking for different kinds of jobs for a while, actually, almost six months, and somehow just came across my current company, Dispatch, which is a small startup, uh, basically just on LinkedIn. And so I've been at Dispatch for two and a half years now, like you mentioned, Stephen, kind of different role titles, I would say, but with increasing responsibility, but basically the same kind of function that I'm in, which is leading strategy and operations. Good. I really appreciate that overview, Manali. That, that that was quite effective, and I think that we have a, a good understanding of your career trajectory here. Want to pause at the consulting days and dive into those projects a bit more? So you were there for about two years altogether. Yeah, I think a little less, but we'll round up. <laughs> right around there. Good. So happy to hear, of course, about if there's any interesting projects you worked on that you want to share, especially any that you felt were very helpful in kind of telling your story to get a job in industry. That'd be particularly interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I think a really impactful project for me personally, both in terms of, I think the cause was really interesting, but also just the kind of work that I was doing. It was a lot of responsibility that I had gotten because it was a really lean team that I was working on. It was just myself, a director and a partner. So, and I was, I think, yeah, it was a year into my associate career. So it was a really cool project to work on. So I mentioned it before, but it was a DE&I strategy project for a large commercial real estate firm. And it was interesting because the project came from their upper level C-suite, CEO, CHRO, and they had kind of noticed that they had issues in DE&I, which is prevalent, by the way, in the commercial real estate industry, as anyone can really guess. It's definitely not the most inclusive industry altogether, although this was a few years ago. I know that they've made a lot of measures to try to improve that, but they really were bought into kind of the business case around it. And this was back in 2019. So before anything related to the pandemic, anything related to George Floyd, like it was it was way before all the things that happened more recently, but they were fully bought into it. And they realized it was kind of hurting their bottom line when, you know, they were pitching to these large tech companies and they came in with a slate of people that looked nothing like who they were pitching to at tech companies to sell them real estate. And so the project came down kind of top level from them and they asked us to help build a long-term roadmap and a strategy around improving DEI for them. And so we went on a listening tour across various departments, various levels, various functions throughout the company, did you know the usual kind of workshop focus group methodology. And some interesting work that I did was really digging into the data across all these different countries and regions, different levels, different functions to just try to pick apart trends and where we felt 
were the areas that we needed to really focus on helping build more diversity, but also more inclusion based on some of the data that we got from focus groups. So it was a really interesting project to work on, kind of the, that awesome phase zero kind of project where you're really working on the strategy, you're working really high level. And I think the, the ideal strategy consulting project that you could work on and very cool because I was really the only associate level person working on it. So that, that was a great thing for me. And I think one of the main takeaways was a working with clients at all these different levels and actually getting that direct client exposure, which I think is just harder when you're just starting off your career. You're kind of at the analyst associate level. You're mostly crunching the numbers, building the slides, doing all that work. And so sometimes client exposure is not something you get as much as early on. But then on the data side too, I think it was interesting because it wasn't usually projects you get very scoped out, you know, you're directed exactly what you need to do. And because it was such a lean team, I was just working directly with my director and she was just kind of gave me a little bit of guidance, but I had forms of data on all of these different regions. It was a very large commercial real estate company. So what was interesting for me was learning how to pick apart the key insights that, that would make the most impact on this EOCHRO who we were working with and really helping shape the narrative for the different recommendations that we were making based on some of the focus groups and interviews as well. Right. That, that does sound like, uh, you know, the types of problems that consultants join consulting to solve, right? It's interesting. It's difficult. It's impactful. And it sounds like your background in kind of engineering and the mathematics sciences, you were able to leverage that in that project as well, being able to turn the data into interesting business insights. It sounds like that was a, a great project to be a part of and something that was, that you could really sink your teeth in early in your career. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was very impactful one. And also just the general cause that we were working on, just helping to kind of make a difference in this large company where there were many people who felt that it wasn't as inclusive environment as it could be. And so just knowing that the impact that we were making was building the roadmap, helping their leadership really role modeled the right behaviors and cascading that throughout the organization. It just it felt really good to be working on that kind of project because I think by contrast, sometimes in consulting projects, a lot of times you're working on operating model design, cost-cutting projects, and those kinds of things. And I guess those aren't as warm and fuzzy to the heart as this kind of project. So it was, it was a great experience for me to have. Good. And you were thinking about consulting, I guess, years before you even joined Strategy and right? You did your internship with Accenture right after your freshman year. Yeah. So you had some time to think about what a career in consulting would look like. Whenever you joined Strategy and were you thinking that would be a, you know, about a two-year stint that you would spend to your block of time in your career? Or did you have a different idea of what your consulting career would look like? Yeah, I think I was pretty open. One of the things that really drew me to consulting as it does for, I guess, everyone in consulting is all of the exit opportunities, but also just the ability to learn so much so quickly by working on all these different kinds of projects. I didn't have necessarily a perspective of how long I wanted to stay. I didn't think I was going to be a career consultant. I guess the one thing I knew off the bat was I was not on the partner track. That's not something I was planning on doing. But, you know, I thought maybe I could stay till senior associate manager or something like that. And I think just as I went on, I was just excited about different opportunities that I saw. And I just wanted to keep looking to see how I could continue learning, but just in a different context. And I think also for me, I've, and I'm happy to talk about my dispatch experience more, but I've enjoyed the kind of startup environment a lot more. And I think that's just more my pace. And within consulting, sometimes it feels like you're working at smaller companies because you're working on these really small teams at times. But I think ultimately, yeah, I didn't 
I guess I didn't end up staying until till manager, but I feel great about the experience that I had. And I, I could have stayed longer, but I had a great opportunity with dispatch and ended up deciding to take it. Yeah, let's chat a little bit more about that. Do you mind telling us what dispatch is? Yeah, so Dispatch is a field service management software startup. We're based in Boston, Massachusetts, and we've got about 100 and a little over 100, 110 people. So what we do is, I think any homeowner or renter is probably aware of the challenges and issues with having someone come in to service something in your home. And the pandemic has obviously exacerbated that if you're trying to get your AC system fixed, it takes months and months to get someone to come in. And then when they do decide to come in, you have no idea what day they're going to end up coming, what time they're going to end up coming. It's a really fragmented customer experience. And so what Dispatch does is we specialize in working with large home service enterprises. So think Samsung or Whirlpool, they're the large brands that are generally manufacturing the large appliances in your home, like your dishwashers. And oftentimes when your dishwasher breaks, you reach out to Samsung because you may have a warranty or something like that, and you want them to come fix it for you. But Samsung doesn't necessarily have thousands of people that they employ to go do perform the service. They rely on third-party local service providers, your local plumbing company or your local large appliance service provider. So they have this whole network of third-party service providers that they work with. They send out the work to them, then that service provider comes to your home and fixes things. But if they don't really perform a great service, you're not mad at that third-party service provider. You go back to Samsung and you're upset with them for this not great customer experience. And so what Dispatch does is we really try to connect all three participants in the service experience, the large enterprise brand, the local SMB service provider, and the homeowner and customer and kind of bring a virtuous circle from that perspective and just try to improve the experience across all those three parties. Interesting. I, I can see you know, thinking through some of the times that we've had to have our dishwasher fix. This service would be extremely valuable. Are there other major competitors in this space or is this a, a niche that you've carved out kind of a, you know, ahead, of, ahead of the game? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely plenty of competitors. Field service management is a very huge industry. You've got the big players like Salesforce that work with these large enterprise brands of so Salesforce, Oracle, ServiceNow. And then you've got also field service management players that are targeting the local service providers. So I'm sure people have heard of Service Titan. There's a company called House Call Pro. There's plenty of companies there. But I think where Dispatch falls in is we're somewhere in between all of those because we work with enterprise brands, but we also work with service providers. So in some senses, we have a lot of competitors. In some senses, we don't. But it's a really interesting space to be in and a really cool problem that we're solving. Coming out of strategy, and I know you mentioned that you were looking for a startup to join. Was that the main criteria you were looking for, or were you specifically looking for tech startups or kind of service-oriented startups or product startups? Curious to hear what you were looking for to make the jump. Yeah, so definitely was not looking for service-oriented startups. Didn't know anything about the industry beforehand. I'd say the main thing that I was thinking about was tech. I think I wanted to go back to my engineering roots in some ways and when I still work in strategy, but at least helps me feel closer working in tech. So tech was the main big thing. And then I knew that I wanted to do some sort of biz ops, corporate strategy kind of role. And I think 
a lot of the large tech companies, they generally require a few more years of experience to do some of their programs. And I also thought that like ultimately I didn't want to be at one of those large tech companies immediately after because I felt like that's something I could pivot to later on if I wanted to. But working at a startup would just be a great learning experience for me and kind of keep me on that high of, you know, in consulting, getting fully immersed and working on all these different kinds of projects and then extending that to working in a startup. So knew I wanted to work at a tech startup. Like I said, I spent, I think, six months, just maybe even more, just browsing, just looking for different opportunities, interviewing here and there. And ultimately, I think the role at Dispatch was really interesting to me because it's a pretty lean team and I report directly to our CFO. At the time, we were 50 people. Now we've pretty much doubled in size. But it's a really interesting role because and at the time there was there was really there's no strategy team. It was just kind of me and our CFO. Um and our CFO, he's a ex consultant, used to work at BCG, also helped start his own consulting firm. So he it was really interesting because I knew I'd be able to work under his mentorship and tutelage and he would totally understand my consulting background and experience because he did that for several years. And so that was one thing that really appealed to me. And also just the nature of the role, because it's sort of strategy, it's sort of corporate development, and also sort of chief of staff to the entire leadership team that we had. So I knew it would be great exposure for me to just work with all of these really experienced leaders and got so much knowledge from working on the most high-level project that we're doing. And so I didn't even understand at the time how interesting it would be. I think I just kind of got a little bit lucky in that sense that I trusted the people who I was speaking to and interviewing with, and they were true to what they were describing the role would be like. Good. Well, that's always a pleasant surprise whenever it all works out (laughs) to be uh, the way the folks are are talking about it. Whenever you joined the, I guess, whenever you moved into industry, we could say, is there anything that you were surprised by or? Was there anything that your consulting toolkit wasn't as helpful for whenever you're out of the consulting world? Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of things. But the first thing that comes to my mind is, I think when you're working consulting, you're generally working with large companies who can afford forms of consultants. And so it's it's very different from the startup environment, especially when you're working on projects, because usually they're well-scoped out projects lot of data available and it's easy to take a very structured approach to it and a lot of times you're given that structured approach especially at the more junior level and i think working at dispatch and i think this goes for industry more broadly is the projects that you're working on especially if i think if you're at the higher level and there aren't teams there isn't a 10-person team working on strategy where it's as structured there isn't a structured scoped out project that you're working on it's more you're working with all the people that you work with and you're kind of keeping your ear to the ground listening to see if there's any you know major issues major patterns going on and that's kind of how our project ends up coming to be and then you don't really know the scope you think about what the work you're doing and what you think you'll be able to fit in over the next couple months or so you kind of set the scope yourself and then when you're actually working on the project data can be messy and it's more of a blend of art and science than it is pure science and Sometimes you can, I mean, part you do learn in consulting is making up things as you go. But I think even more when you're working on projects where there's just not as much data is just getting comfortable with that, first of all, and then just trying to make the most of it and try to introduce some sort of structure wherever you can, which consulting definitely does help with. Good. And moving from strategy and you know, a large company, a clear career path, you kind of know what you need to do in order to make it to the next level. And moving from that to a 50-person startup 
lots of risk in that move. Yeah. And when it comes to just, you know, what's my job going to look like a year from now? How did you think through that risk when you were making the decision to join the company? Yeah. So there was a lot going through my mind. I'll also set the context for you. So I interviewed with Dispatch in February-ish. 2020. And that's, I think, around the time that I got the offer early March. And then obviously the pandemic hit. And part of me potentially accepting the offer was also having to move from New York to Boston. And at the time, like everyone thought, you know, it's only going to be a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, whatever. So I thought that, okay, if I'm going to start in May 2020, I won't move to Boston until, you know, maybe June or maybe July or something like that. I ended up finally moving in September, but I probably didn't even need to move in September. So I got the job in March and then accepted the offer and thought I was going to plan to start in May. And then all the things hit with the pandemic. Didn't know if I had a job anymore. All the tech companies were going through struggles at the time. Like everyone was just not all that uncertainty. Talked to David, my CFO. He was, you know, really honest and transparent with me and kind of gave me confidence that my role will still be there. Like it's, it's not going anywhere. It's a really important role that the company needs. Luckily I trusted him and it all worked out, but it was still a lot of risk to take. I was worried about moving from New York to Boston. I mean, it's still the East coast, but it's just, just far enough for me to feel like I wasn't super comfortable with it, but luckily all the, all the things worked out. I wouldn't call myself the biggest risk taker. And this isn't a huge risk in the grand scheme of things, but it's not like the biggest risk of my life that I had taken so far. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I, you know, I think there's only so many times in your career where, you know, you're interested in maybe packing everything up and moving completely, not knowing anyone, working at a completely new startup. And I was comfortable with the consulting environment, joining with a class of graduates who were roughly my age. And um, at a startup, there's still plenty of young people, but it was just harder. And also just tack on the fact that no one was actually going to the office anymore. So harder to get to know people and even harder to get to know people in Boston when there was no one going into the office there and not many people that I knew there. But luckily, it all worked out, worked out for the best. And I, yeah, I'm very happy and could be more thankful that I ended up here. Perfect. Well, Manali, you've you've given us lots of advice already. (laughs) Appreciate that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with consultants who are thinking about the next step in their career? Yeah, I think doing a lot of research and really understanding what role you want. I think most consultants, especially if you're early on at the sort of two-year mark, looking to move into strategy roles, biz ops roles, a lot of times at startups or big tech, wherever it may be. But each company does, especially startups, they do biz ops very, very differently. And I think I only really understood the nuances by doing a lot of interviews, speaking to people, and frankly, just reading hundreds of job descriptions. I think that like really actually helped me understand what that is because especially, I can't really speak much for other industries, but especially within tech, biz ops can take two different flavors. One is more of the corporate strategy role where you're really kind of doing internal consulting work. And then for sometimes early stage startups, they may not be mature enough that they need someone working on that specifically because it may be distributed across different business units or it could be distributed across the leadership to companies who aren't as mature, their biz ops role could just be more of a sales ops role. And that's just, it's very different because it's, it's far more data heavy. It's a really important role. But when sales is at the heart of any tech company, that ends up being what you really focus on. And then that can 
probably pigeonhole you a bit. And it's a really interesting pathway, but I just, I felt like that wasn't for me. So I guess my advice would be just to really understand like what the kind of role is, who the people are, and especially if you're going to a startup, understand the culture. I think when I was interviewing, I probably took that for granted. Everyone tells you when you're interviewing, oh, it's a great culture. We like, we, we really enjoy spending time with people. We try to make connections, whatever it may be. But you're just trying to make sure that you're testing it in different ways. And I think what really helps is just experience from interviewing with different companies and just noticing the differences between the way people describe the culture of the company. I think that's really telling. And then I guess last thing, especially if you're looking for these kinds of biz ops roles at, at startups, is just understanding who's the ultimate owner and where the internal power is in a sense. And so making sure that whatever function you end up uh, being in, it's, it's high level enough and there's opportunity to grow there. And so, you know, if it's some sort of function that's kind of stuck in the, the back office, no one's really paying as much attention to it, then you're not really going to get as much of an impact out of it. And so just knowing who the main people are, who the key stakeholders are, and really applying your, which most people in consulting have, like organizational structure experience to understanding what that looks like at the company that you're interviewing with. I think that really helps. That's very helpful insight. Manali, thanks so much for taking the time. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on Beyond Consulting. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great. 